Welcome to Beyond Queer Stories, the podcast that gives voice to the queer community through the art of storytelling. Welcome everyone to another episode of Beyond Queer Stories. I'm Dawn and this episode's going to be a little bit different, so I am solo today. It feels kind of weird, but hope you all join me. I am going to share a story today and I'm going to update you all on who the next guest co-host is, but before I do that, it is really important that I thank Jondalyn. She was an amazing guest co-host. Thank you so much. It was great to have her be a part of this podcast, join me in interviewing a bunch of incredible people. So thank you so much, Jondalyn. You are very much appreciated. And I'm so happy that we're able to come together and form friendship and connection through all of this. And you are welcome back anytime. And actually, her and I have been in some talks with some ideas already. So I'm sure that's not the last that we will hear from her. And I'm so thankful to you. So thank you, Jondalyn. It was wonderful having you. We do have someone amazing lined up to be the next guest co-host. And I am really excited to tell you all that Anna Deshawn of E3 Radio out here in Chicago is going to be joining me. She did share a story on a previous episode. So if you haven't listened to her episode, make sure you go check that out. And we are going to be doing some episodes together as well. So she's going to be coming in and co-hosting with me and y'all are gonna love her I can't wait to bring her energy to the podcast it's gonna be wonderful and we have some great guests that we're gonna be bringing on to the show together as well so you all keep listening and in the meantime I'm gonna have some solo episodes where I'm interviewing some people so that's gonna be the next few episodes here starting with this one where I'm all by myself in the studio, no one to interview. So I'm going to share a little bit of myself with y'all today. So I hope you're ready for that. And I'm looking forward to what we have in store for the rest of this season. So we have some great episodes coming up that you'll be hearing in the next few weeks. And then, like I said, Anna Deshawn is going to be joining us. So really excited to see the podcast growing. People are listening all over the world now. And thank you all so much. Really appreciate seeing how much this is spreading and how much people are tuning in to hear all of these queer stories and getting a chance to talk about queer identity and just our lives and struggles and joys and everything that we share with one another. So I'm glad that you all have been tuning in and staying along for the ride. So I'm going to share a story today that I actually have never shared before. So this feels a little bit different. Um, I do some storytelling, performing in Chicago, and it's a lot of fun. I love doing it. And usually I, you know, have some time to think over what I want to do and what I want to perform and practice it. And this one is is pretty new. Uh, so I haven't really shared this with anyone. So you all are the first one. So I'm really excited to bring this and hope you all connect with it in some ways and let me know what you think. You know, let me know how you've had similar experiences or thoughts um, because this is something I think we all could relate to. This story is about home 
And it is a story about my childhood and just about this whole concept of the word home and and what that means to us and what we make of it and how it kind of really progresses over time as we get older and we think differently about what the concept of home is. So I'm going to share this with you all today. It's appropriately titled Home. Home is. I typed these two words into Google and watched as the autofill responses loaded. Of course, I got the cliche, home is where the heart is, home is where you make it, home is wherever I'm with you, home is where I want to be. For me, when I was growing up, home was not necessarily a safe place. There was love in between the chaos, but it was often hard to see and very rarely, if ever, spoken. So at one point... We all lived in a small apartment near the railroad tracks. I was probably about seven years old, and I lived there with my mom and my stepdad and my sister, who was four years younger than me, and then had a new baby brother in the house. And we had this garden apartment, and we used to go out with our other friends in the neighborhood and walk along the railroad tracks and pretend that my friends and I were on these amazing adventures and our imaginations were so vivid back then and we could really turn that scenery into anything our minds could pull up. And then the summers when we weren't in school, we really spent all of our time outside all day just running around the neighborhood, riding bikes. And this day, I was outside with my younger sister and we were out riding bikes, just playing in the yard. And it got to be about lunchtime. And on this day, it was pretty warm, the sun was shining, and I was wearing these little pink shorts, and they had this little ruffle at the bottom, and the white tank top matched with this pink little ruffle and a little bow at the hem at the bottom. And I'm resourceful, even back then, and I used that little bow to secure my keys so I wouldn't lose them because we were out just running around, didn't want to have to worry about that. So I tied them to that little bow, and... As we headed into my apartment, I grabbed the keys, didn't untie them, just left them on there and put them in the keyhole and started turning the key in the lock. All of a sudden, the door just flung open. My stepdad was standing there looking extremely pissed off and yelled, what the fuck are you doing? You're going to wake the baby. He reached toward me. He grabbed the keys and ripped the bow off my shirt, slammed the door and locked it. So home is not simply where your key fits into the keyhole. Sometimes the building you sleep in doesn't feel like home. Sometimes the people you see every day don't feel like home. In this instant, I felt as if I had no home. I was locked out of the place I sleep every night, the place I was supposed to feel secure. I suddenly felt as if I had confirmation that the doubt I always had was true and that the doubt of having a true home was real. I began sobbing, and my sister and I walked up the stairs to our friend's apartment on the second floor. We were too scared to try and get back in. I don't remember this friend's name, but I do remember she had this dark blonde hair that was wavy, and her parents were always really welcoming, and I always liked hanging out at her house. Her dad was a truck driver, and he delivered, of all things, candy 
I remember being so amazed by this and just wondering what it would be like to drive around in a truck all day just loaded with candy. I remember that one Christmas he left boxes on our doorstep that were filled with fruit gummies. And he gave us the whole box, like the ones you would see in the store and you just pick one out of the box. He left us about six of those boxes. I was so excited and we felt so welcomed into the neighborhood when he did that. And he was always really sweet when he was around. He was often on the road driving, but he was always really welcoming and sweet. And when we went into the apartment that day, um, her dad was out of town and her dad was this tall, slender white man. And her mom was a shorter, beautiful Latina woman. And she was always cooking food. And when I think back to her home, I remember the amazing smell of the food she was always cooking. And in the background, there was always telenovelas on with the volume up really loud. And she always looked just so content. And she always opened her door for us and kept us safe. Now, thinking back, I really have no idea how much she knew about what kind of abuse was going on in my house. But since they were one floor up, I'm pretty sure she heard the constant fighting. But she never asked us about what we experienced. She simply always opened her door to us and provided a sense of home that was one floor above. This day, as my sister and I knocked on the door, she opened it and we were crying and she ushered us in right away and let us use the phone to call our mom, who was at work. I sobbed into the phone telling her what happened and telling her that we were locked out of our home. She asked if we could stay at the neighbor's house, and of course we were always welcome there. I don't think my mom felt it was safe for us to try to go back downstairs again. She knew firsthand how quickly things could turn violent. Though he never hit us, I'm sure she feared the day it might happen. Instead, she always ensured that his violent outbursts were only directed at her. And more recently, one day a friend had mentioned that she often didn't have a home growing up. And I had never really thought about that. But when she said those words, suddenly a realization flooded over me. Neither did I. When my parents divorced, we lived with my mom's sister and her kids. Then we lived with my future stepdad's sister and her kids. And then once we got an apartment, things got really chaotic and the domestic violence and drug use really just increased to a very scary point. When my mom finally left him, we went and lived with her brother and his wife and their kid. I was used to sharing a room with so many people. I was used to sharing a bed. Home was often subject to change and you would never know when. When we finally got our own house, I was in high school, but this house soon lost its feeling of home also because another abusive relationship entered the picture. In this one, my mom wasn't physically abused, but there was a lot of emotional manipulation and I was often the target of this. And when you grow up being told that you're not welcome in the building you sleep in at night, home starts to become a foreign concept. When you're locked out of the place that all of your belongings are in, home feels like just an unattainable false reality. Now, looking back, my memory has erased the traces of what happened that night when she got home. 
I do remember the pride in her eyes when we did move into that house years later. I remember her sense of independence. And I also remember what followed when I was later kicked out because I was no longer welcome. And now, thinking about having had my own home and what does that word mean and how do we settle into that? Where do we find that? Where as queer people do we find home? A lot of us don't find it with family. I'm fortunate in some ways that I do with some family members, but I know many don't find that. And now when I think about home, I think about moments. Home is often felt in moments. I have felt home where I live now, when I dim the lights and the house feels all put together and I'm sitting there feeling peaceful, feeling safe, feeling content. I do sometimes have moments of feeling like I have a home. And I really have been able to make that space home and hope to share a home space with someone as well. And I've felt home in moments with friends. When we've had our deep conversations where we just feel very understood. Or really just had those moments where we burst into laughter at the same time and just felt at home with one another, knowing we're not being judged, knowing we can be ourselves. I felt at home during phone calls when someone's really able to hold space for me and see me and hear me. I feel a sense of home. Really, as we grow older, we get to navigate and really create what home means and what we want it to look like and feel like. And I find myself thinking about that and wanting to cultivate and move toward that in all areas of my life and and really just being able to being able to recognize it being able to recognize home and nurture it when I do and I feel like this could be a whole conversation amongst all of us so I'd love to hear you know what home means to you all how do you how do you all find home, cultivate home? What does that word even mean? I know this gets pretty deep, right? So I'm here in the studio by myself getting deep with y'all. And I think those moments are important. But like I said, those moments of home can also just be an instant of joy with someone where all of those thoughts that run through your head during the day or when you're trying to lay down and go to sleep at night, they're just not there and you're just in that moment being present. And that's what I've really been trying to get better at is just being present in the moment and really, really nourishing those connections where I feel home. So I like to have a bigger conversation about that with y'all and you know, maybe 
maybe with a future co-host we can kind of talk this out some more and I know I kind of didn't have any sort of transition at the end of that story because it feels like it just flows naturally into that conversation and yeah growing up home was very unstable and very unpredictable and I'm wondering any of those who are listening and have experienced, you know, home being actually with other families and and not being a space necessarily that feels like it's for your family. Um, Sometimes we're welcomed into those space and, you know, told to make it feel like home, but, but that can be really hard, especially when you're young and you don't really know what's going on in the background or how the adults are navigating things and managing their own resources. And, you know, obviously now looking back, I realize we did that a lot of times for financial reasons and we're trying to have a space that, that we can make work. And sometimes, you know, that was great. And at other times it, it was really scary And it's interesting to think back now that really when we had our own space, those were the times that were the most scary because we found ourselves letting people into the home that weren't safe. And I think that can be really tricky to navigate um, because abuse can be a cycle and it can be hard as, you know, I'm sure my mom tried to get through being a single woman with kids and trying to make the best out of situations and not always seeing the negativity in someone, um, the way toxicity came into the household. And I think that's part of why it's so important to me now to really protect home, to really make sure that home is is a space that feels like it's filled with positivity, like it's filled with people who I cherish and people who I trust and those who I allow into my space I allow in because I'm giving them that trust and essentially sometimes it even feels like giving them a piece of me because it's such a personal space to invite someone into your home and I've come to really appreciate that and appreciate that in others and the way people invite me into their space. And I think I'll just kind of leave you all with that. So where do you find your sense of home? And is it a place? Is it a feeling? Mm. That reminded me of, of a place I didn't mention. So one of the places I have really felt home caught me off guard. Um, but it's a place they think about often. So I've been to the U.S. Virgin Islands multiple times and, and really always felt this strange, overwhelming sense of home when I'm there, even when I was there for the very first time. And one of the moments I really felt a deep sense of home there was being on a paddleboard, standing on top of the ocean off of the shore of St. Croix, where I could look down 
into the clear blue water and see the bottom of the ocean and look up into the sky and see the clear blue sky and see the sun off into the horizon and literally feel on top of the world and feel so calm and so at home. And it's moments like that that I think are important to capture and important to cherish. And So I leave you all with notice the places. What are those places that really feel like home and how can, how can we incorporate that more often and get those moments of peace and home more often? And who are the people that really see you, that really make you feel at home and really hold space, sometimes in a way that maybe no one else can or has? And how do you share that sense of home with others. And really this podcast I feel sometimes is is a way that I invite you all into my space and into my home, whether I'm sharing a story with you all or bringing others on to share their stories. It's a way to try to build those connections and, and there's been so many connections that have come out of this. And so I appreciate you all coming into my space in this way and being here to be on this journey with me and listen and tune in every week. And if you're ever wanting to come on and, and share space with me and share your story, definitely reach out because I'd love to hear from you. And maybe we'll we'll talk about home or talk about whatever feels like it's really important for you that day. Because really you never know who's listening and, and what they need to hear. And I like to believe that Every episode included something that one person who listened really needed to hear that day. So thank you all for listening. And tune in next week. It will be me and guests, I promise you. And thank you all again. From me, Dawn, at Beyond Core Stories. Talk to you all later. Bye. Connect with Beyond Queer Stories on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond Queer Stories and on Twitter at Beyond Queer Pod. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, click the link on our Facebook or Instagram page or email us at beyondqueerstories at gmail.com. If you listen on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, please rate us and subscribe to help boost the podcast. Our podcast music is created by Beast Deadwell. Check out her music, tour dates, and other queer art at beastdeadwell.com. That's B-E-S-T-E-A-D-W-E-L-L dot com. Beyond Core Stories is produced and edited by Dawn Brown and recorded in the Cards Against Humanity podcast studio in Chicago, Illinois. Check out their products at cardsagainsthumanity.com. Talk to you all next week. <laughs>